You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. John P. Howe. Dr. Howe is president and CEO of Project Hope, and he's been the previous distinguished chair in health policy at the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio, Texas. Today, we're going to discuss what HOPE, an acronym for Health Opportunities for People Everywhere, has come to mean. In 1958, a Naval Medical Officer, William Walsh, requested and received a ship from Dwight Eisenhower, which was converted to the first non-military hospital ship, the SS Hope. Dr. Howe, can you tell me what the mission of that ship was and what it has come to mean to Project Hope now? And I might add, to the world. Because as you look around the world today, it doesn't take a great observer to come to any other conclusion that, gosh, there are lots of people that don't understand Americans, don't like Americans, and that quite clearly if we're going to leave this world to our children and grandchildren a better place, now is the time to step forward and find ways that we can reach out to build bridges among the peoples of the world and decrease trust and embrace of various cultures. Now go back for a moment to 1958. It was a similar time. Lots of people didn't understand Americans in 1958. They didn't uh, like Americans. In fact, there was a book written called The Ugly American. And it was then, as you mentioned, that Dr. Walsh had a prescription. And he went to fill it at the White House. It was President Eisenhower asking for that white ship. And he made the case that that white ship would be a platform, if you will, for doctors and nurses, volunteer doctors and nurses who would give up their practices at their clinics and their hospitals and serve on the ship while it was in one country one t- uh, for one year at a time, that three things would happen when the ship would leave. Number one, patients would have been better. Number two, his skills would be transferred because local doctors in local countries would have been working on the ship in the OR, on the wards, with their fellow physicians and nurses from the United States. And thirdly, when the ship left, there'd be a different view of America. And now we fast forward to today, and it's no longer just South Asia, as it was in that era of uh, Dr. Walsh and President Eisenhower. It's uh, throughout the Muslim world, there are pockets of concern about our country. And what was a great prescription in 1958 is a great prescription today. That is, finding ways in which ordinary, regular American physicians and nurses can volunteer to make a difference, to find ways in which they can reach out to colleagues around the world. I often use the example of Tashkent, Uzbekistan. Tashkent, Uzbekistan, and Toledo, Ohio. Now, if you had two lawyers that were got together, one from Tashkent and one from Toledo, probably wouldn't have too much to talk about. Why? Because the laws are so different. Language is different. But when you get two doctors together, one from Tashkent, one Toledo, there's lots to talk about. Whether you're a native of Uzbekistan or a native of the United States, you have in common a retina, a carotid artery, a left ventricle. Not only that, whether it be Uzbekistan or the United States, the people of those two countries have a common concern, a high priority for health, health of their women, children, men too. And so here in this world, this troubled world we're in, we have an opportunity, as we did in 1958, to make a difference through our profession, the medical profession, in bringing people together. And I'll take you back to two days after the tsunami. I was here at Project Hope visiting with our senior leadership, talking about our people and programs in 36 countries when I received a call. The call was an unusual call, not one that I would normally get, from the chief of naval operations, the four-star admiral, Vern Clark, who is calling to say, Doctor, I have a novel idea. Two days after the tsunami, 
again, Doctor, I have a novel idea. What's not novel is to send the Mercy, the big white hospital ship that's based in San Diego, Navy hospital ship, 1,000 beds, 85 intensive care beds, and 12 operating rooms to Bandache, the site of the tsunami. Not novel to send it. Not novel to have it be involved with humanitarian aid. But what is novel, and it's never been done in the history of the United States Navy, is to have a Navy hospital ship operated and maintained by the Navy and have it be staffed by volunteer Americans and physicians led by Project Hope. At that point, it was inspirational. In the space of two weeks, we had 4,000 doctors and nurses from across the country apply for the 210 positions on the ship. They, we had a round-the-clock operation here at Project Hope. The applications were coming in one a minute. It was just a tremendous appetite then and now for doctors and nurses to volunteer. And what happened was remarkable. The 210 physicians and nurses served on board the hospital ship off of Bandashi for two months and then came back to Singapore and discharged the volunteers. The ship was on its way back in the middle of the night. I got a call from the United States Ambassador to Indonesia, Lynn Pasco. Doctor, I'm preparing a cable for morning review at the White House, and I need your help before I send it. I said, how so? He said, I'm preparing a cable to the president to ask him to turn the ship around and send it back. I said, why? said because there's been a second earthquake, Neas Island, and, but I can't uh, ask them to turn the ship around if you wouldn't agree to restaff it with another round of doctors and nurses. I said, you've got our commitment. The ship was turned around at 6 a.m. that morning, and by the time it got back to Singapore, we had 50 trauma surgeons and nurses, volunteers for Project Hope, who had landed to board the ship and go to Neas Island. And at the end of the four-month period, while the ship was in South Asia, the volunteers had taken care of 49,500 Indonesians. It's a remarkable, remarkable number. And they impacted the lives of Indonesians and their health needs. As importantly, we saw a tremendous shift in the view of Indonesians toward the people of the United States. Two months before the tsunami, there was a, a poll done by, as I recall, the BBC, asking the question, what do you think of Americans? Only 20% said favorably. After the ship went home, the poll was repeated. What do you think of Americans? Over 65% said favorably. So in the space of four months, what Dr. Walsh talked about with President Eisenhower back in 1958 happened again, namely doctors and nurses reaching out to care for patients, this time Indonesians, had two or three different results when the ship left. One, patients are better. Uh, two, their peers were more versed in how to care for patients. And thirdly, there was a different view of America. It's just a striking experience. But the grand experiment didn't end there. Because the Navy decided that, gosh, we shouldn't wait for another disaster. Well, we've got to send the Mercy back next summer. So sure enough, in the summer of 2006, the Mercy went back to uh, South Asia, to the Philippines, and Bangladesh, and Indonesia. But I would just take a quick commercial break and tell you that in between those uh, journeys, one in 2005 and one in 2006 to South Asia, in our own country, in our own country, it was an event that prompted a call to Project Hope. New Orleans. New Orleans, absolutely. And, and the call came to me and said, we know you're an international organization, and, but we need to have you make an exception since you are the, uh, the foundation. Project Hope has experience of, of uh, volunteering on Navy hospital ships. So in, Pascagoula, Mississippi, the Comfort, the ship that was based in Baltimore, was, was there for two or three weeks with 75 Hope volunteer doctors and nurses. And the patients from Hancock, Harrison, and Jackson County in, in the Pascagoula area uh, received care as a result of the Hope volunteers and their Navy counterparts. But then coming back then 
for the next summer, they were 61,000 patients cared for by the doctors and nurses and, uh, of Hope, Navy, and from other countries on board the Mercy. And that has then reached a pinnacle just a few months ago when the Navy said, we must have three ships deployed in the space of a year. The Peleliu, which is 100 bed, four operating rooms, went back to South Asia this past summer. And when it entered Da Nang Harbor in Vietnam, my understanding it was the first time the Navy ship of its sort had um, entered that harbor since the war ended. And strikingly, it had hope volunteers on it just as occurred at the Da Nang Harbor in 1962 when the original SS Hope went into Vietnam with hope doctors on it, a most memorable experience. But the second memorable experience occurred in the Solomon Islands. One of the patients that came to see the volunteers this summer in Peleliu was Mr. Kamani. Mr. Kamani was a young man in World War II. He was paddling between islands, the Solomon Islands, when in World War II, and he came upon a small island where there was clearly some people there that had been shipwrecked. And as he told the story, he recognized them as having been uh, the victims of a shipwreck, but they couldn't speak his language. But what they were able to do was to carve on a coconut the name of the leader uh, that, on that ship that went down and the name of the ship. And they somehow communicated to him to take that coconut to a, a U.S. Navy vessel and give it to them in hopes that they in turn would be, come to rescue. He paddled for 40 miles, 40 miles with a coconut uh, in his canoe, presented it to the, the Navy leadership on the ship, and as the story is told, they looked at that coconut and it said, John F. Kennedy, PT-109. Just a remarkable story that our volunteers would be talking to Mr. Kamani and have him repeat that story from uh, World War II. The other ship, the Comfort, which is a sister ship to the Mercy, 1,000 beds, 85 intensive care unit beds, and 12 operating rooms. By the way, each of them is the seventh largest hospital in the United States of America. They just happened to float. The Comfort was sent to Latin America, 12 countries. And I won't forget uh, standing on the dock in Corinto, Nicaragua, just north of uh, Managua. Corinto is the industrial port. The big white hospital ship, the Comfort, was there. And I was standing on the dock with the vice president of the country, Vice President Jaime Morales. We were about to go out to the ship. And he said, this is an emotional moment for me. I said, why, sir? He said, I stood in the same dock. 1966, 41 years ago, I went out to another white ship to thank the volunteers. And that was the SS Hope. Just a remarkable story. And then afterwards, he and I went to the clinic in Corinto. There was a little girl being cared for by a nurse practitioner, a volunteer from the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. High fever, looking very poorly. She'd made a diagnosis. She was starting flu with antibiotics. I turned to the mother and I said, what does this mean to you? She said, what it means to me is I'll never forget the nurse from Boston. At that point, we came back to the doctor and the vice president said, I need to go thank this other gentleman here uh, who's the captain of another ship. Well, the other ship was a kind of a beat-up transport ship. It was unloading. It had just appeared three days after we arrived. It was unloading uh, 150 brand-new tractors, a gift to the Nicaraguan people by Hugo Chavez. I don't know how that ship just happened to appear after, after we did and the things we were doing, but I was told it wasn't exactly serendipitous, that there was a clear sense that what we were doing was being recognized in Latin America. In fact, the uh, president of Cuba was in the, in the papers talking about our mission. In fact, he was doing that long before the U.S. had ever arrived. So, again, reaching out, breaking down cultural barriers, creating trust, and having it be done by just ordinary doctors and nurses, the people listening to the, the station as you and I are speaking. But I would add a postscript, and that is, is that in March and April, another ship, the, the SWIFT, uh, with HOPE volunteers will be in Liberia, Angola, 
Ghana, and Nigeria in West Africa, again, reaching out to, to people in need. I want to thank Dr. John Howe for being our guest today, and we've been discussing Project HOPE and its unique relationship with the United States Navy. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For questions and comments, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.